All right, Motown Rundown, thanks for joining us. You're home for all things Detroit sports. Oh, I need help. What day is it? 29. What day is it? What, what is the day of the week? Oh, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Victory Tuesday. Tuesday the 29th. Victory Tuesday. How are you? I saw – I don't – look, I don't mean to start off the show and come hot, hot out of the gates, like toot my own horn, but can someone please explain to the audience what went on, what transpired yeah. on – Saturday morning, Sunday morning with the group yeah. chat, please. Someone. Yeah, I got you. Um, Rabs, very late. Break it I'm, down. Very late. What's on the Saturday time? Night. Pull out the timestamps. Yeah, I want I, the timestamps. I, I got it. I, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. I was going to say, it was a little bit of a late text from you. Um, it was technically Sunday morning at about, let's see here. Uh, sorry, this is horrible. At about 1.30 a.m. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I happened to be at the casino with my brothers, actually. It was a good Oh, time. Soaring yeah. Eagle. Come oh. on. We went to Soaring Eagle. Um, I did better than they did, but I'm not going to th- – actually, I, Miles won big, but he lost at first. I'm not throwing them under the bus, though. But anyway, so Rabs texts us, and he says, you know, he basically just guaranteed a Lions win. He said – you know, Yeah, he said 0-4 into the bye is going to get Matt Patricia gone, but that's not how the Lions do it. That'd be too easy. Correct. They have to win this week, and they will. They'll go one and three into the bye. Patricia will still be here. They'll roll the Jags and Falcons out the gate. We're back to three and three, and the season is back. What was my score prediction for this game, Trent? Your score prediction, I believe, was 24 to 27. 27 in favor of the Lions. Not bad. Not bad. It's pretty good. It's Just pretty so good. you know, However, that's why, again, I'm the best in the business. I, I, I couldn't sleep. I texted a million people the same thing. I'm a genius. I'm like Rain Man of sorts. Yeah. You know, you, that was you, nice. You did pretty good. You did pretty good. You were spot on. Collins was also fired up. He sent us the uh, – or no, Collins – it was Rab sent us the Gridiron Heroes, uh, the fight song. Yes, I sent you the Gridiron Heroes. Nonetheless, great, I, great victory. We'll get into it. Collins, what were you going to say? Well, I get, like, painted at this negative Nelly. I was all in, too. Oh, I know you were. <laughs> I let – like – it, I, I, I had an epiphany on Saturday night. I'm like, the Cardinals should be 10-point favorites. Like, why are they only six points? And I was like, you know what? Lions money line. Love it. <laughs> yeah, and you were right, too. You guys both fired were. up. Fired up. Bid, bid, bid that the Lions won that game. Bid. Yep. The easiest pick, the easiest pick of the year. Trent, you actually made a comeback in the picks, too. That was great. Collins imploded. I am 6-0. So I and I, I don't look if you're gonna if you're gonna gamble do what you gotta do do it responsibly I'm not gonna endorse nor am I gonna not endorse gambling do what you have to do it's your life you have one of them live it how you want to but if you've been listening to the Motown rundown the last three weeks and you've been riding my picks you're welcome and I should maybe get a cut of the royalties because you're probably rich and have been able to retire by the age of 35 now because of the picks that I've given you and those, these are for free too. Like, I don't – there's no – I'm not getting paid for this. I'm not asking you for money. Yeah, I'm giving yet. you picks for not free yet, out of the kindness of my heart, and I'm 6-0. and So, there's that. A uh, lot to do on the show today. We have Red Wings are back to make some news. That's awesome. Love to see it. Uh, Tampa Bay got crowned Stanley Cup champions on Monday, which was yesterday for us. Shout out Steve Eiserman. I tweeted about this. They should send him a ring because that if I understand, no discredit to Julian Breezebach. Great name, by the way. But Steve Eiserman put the majority of, the, of that core together for that team. That's awesome. Good for them. You know, here's the thing, though. I just, like, hate the Lightning. 
because for the last couple of times the Red Wings have been in the playoffs, they always see the lightning and they get rolled. Tyler Johnson is my mortal enemy. Everyone knows this, but happy for John Cooper, Lansing Catholic legend. So that's good for them. Well, I was, uh, I, was wondering today, this. I was wondering this because yes. I got a couple of buddies who are Wings fans. I was like, who are you rooting for? I'm expecting them to say Dallas, right? Dallas never won anything. But no, they're like, Tampa, because, you know, Stevie Y put them together. And I'm thinking, didn't Tampa roll us like three years in a row? Yes, dude. They always – that's the thing. Tampa would always beat the Wings, and that's why I just, like, don't I, – I didn't care who won the series. I really didn't because, like, it's not like Steve Eiserman's still there. He's our guy now, so, like, whatever. Right. Yeah. But I just think, dude, Dallas to me was just, like, so eh. – like, I just couldn't get behind. Like, there were no good storylines on Dallas. I don't care for many of the players on Dallas. Yeah, they, they're – I guess the only storyline was this team could not buy a goal for the majority of the season. And they got lucky with how the playoff shook out with the bubble and they squeezed their way in and good for them for making it that far. And it sucks to see a team get that far and not be able to get it done. Like that's heartbreaking and I feel bad, but either way, didn't care. But Red Wings are back in the news today. Uh, we will wrap up the Tiger season uh, with some conversation today. And then of course we have the lions, the picks, and Trent's trifecta. So let's open it up with the wings. A um, week from today, obviously we're recording on Tuesday, according to my counterparts here, because I didn't really know what day it was. Uh, a week from today is the NHL draft. Obviously the Red Wings are picking fourth. So next week's episode, we'll have a comprehensive draft preview in the works. I have put some good time into that. Uh, so we'll bring that to you next week. A um, couple big things, I guess you could call it, big as a relative term. A uh, couple things to talk about with Red Wings news. Um, I guess first and foremost, two guys officially being released by the Red Wings, Trevor Daly, Jonathan Erickson. No surprise on either. I know oh, Trevor Daly was God. like no, – Hey, Jonathan weirdly... Erickson retired. How dare you? Oh, How he did retire? You did... Officially... Yeah. Oh, whatever, didn't I? Did you I see the night? They had like a little tribute for him. It's like one team, like one <laughs> career or something. You know, I, I don't – I don't mean to rag on Jonathan Erickson. He was, sure, by the he way. He was bad. He was bad. Well, he, to his credit, he has the third most games played in NHL history for being the last pick overall in the draft. So, like, good for him. Jonathan Erickson's a guy that has been a part of the Red Wings organization for, I think, 13 years, 13-plus, whatever. So, yes, Collins, to, to your point, he has been not good for quite some time. Uh, that's my bad that I said that he, they just released him. So he did retire. I mean, it was probably about time. I don't know who was going to go sign the guy. So like, good for him. On a, and congrats on a great career. I don't mean to rag on the guy, but as far as the logistics of this team is concerned, it was time to move on from Jonathan Erickson. And they did. They, they sent him down during the year. Trevor Daly, too, like had a cup of coffee here. I have no feelings about Trevor Daly either way. He wasn't very good when he got here, and he didn't really finish very strong. And the guy was like, oh, I want to be traded. No one wanted him either. Like, no one wanted Trevor Daly. Granted, COVID stuff kind of complicated things, but um, those two guys are gone. Uh, a couple signings or contract extensions, Turner Elson, Dominic Turgeon, Sam Gagne, all signed for one more year. Uh, the Elson and Turgeon thing, those are two guys that, I mean, people probably don't know the names very well because they've been in Grand Rapids for, it seems like, forever. So similar to how they just signed Svechnikov for another year for him. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, here you go. Here's one more year. Show me what you got. If you can get it done, great. If not, then we'll move on from you. Um, Sam Gagne, don't hate it at all. I think he signed for like seven hundred and fifty or $850,000. So it's a guy that's going to probably play on your third, fourth line as a centerman that has 13 years of NHL experience. Uh, don't hate it at all. Um, 
the big thing here, which I texted you guys about, I was all happy about, uh, just, just because it was cool to change things up. I'm glad to see a name coming over to Detroit. Uh, the Rangers trade Mark Stahl and a 2021 second-round pick to Detroit for future considerations, which the term to me is still confusing and don't understand what it means. Essentially, they trade him for a bag of pucks. Um, 11 points in 52 games last year for Mark Stahl. He's been in the league for 13 years, all 13 with the Rangers. This, this isn't something to where, like, Mark Stahl is going to come in and make a huge impact for this team. It's a very transparent salary dump for New York because there's, you know, you saw New York in the playoffs uh, this year, a team, again, that given the circumstances is the only real reason why they got in. But they're starting to turn a bit of a corner. Like, you can see the Rangers are starting to put some things together. Uh, Mark Stahl's salary hit is like $5.7 million. So they dumped that off to the wings. Here's the second rounder next year to sweeten the deal. And thank you for your service. So um, they nothing but great things to say from the Rangers end for Mark Stahl. I mean, consummate professional. The guy's he's a leader. Um, he's a great guy to have in the locker room in the back end. Just the guy that after he had a really bad eye injury like a handful of years ago and really hasn't been the same since. He's not a big points guy, but as far as the defense is concerned next year, um, it's a guy that's going to play for you every night if he can stay healthy. Um, and it's just kind of cool. Like Stahl, the Stahl name is like a household name in the NHL. So, like, it's cool to see him come over here. Um, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on the move or, or anything like that, but I just figured it was – Something to mention is we have the draft coming up, free agencies coming up, and there's a lot of things that the Red Wings are going to be looking at doing. Um, I can save a lot of that for next week, but unless we have anything else to add to the uh, Mark Stahl deal, we can move on. So did the wins get a second rounder too with it? Yes, for, for next year. So I love that. I, I mean, it's genius, yeah, dude. I mean, I don't know what the wins salary cap situation is, but I feel like they're going to have a ton of money next year. I don't know if that hinders – this like him being on the boats but i mean like you said he's probably gonna be like your fifth or fourth d he, he's not the same player he used to be he's solid he's experienced he'll probably help on the locker room but you also get a second round pick out of it that's what smart smart organizations do during a rebuild you take on other people's weaknesses to get assets and that was a good move i like that they do. The wings do have um, as my connect. Am I? Am I here? I, I, the Wi-Fi is going to be a mess today. Am I here? Can you guys yeah, hear me? Am I alive? Unbelievable, dude. I. You know what? Your Wi-Fi has been fine actually today. So sick of this shit in this basement. Uh, then why anyway, are you doing in the basement? You know you can because, move. Because, dude, I get no Collins. I get no privacy anywhere else, dude. I got dogs barking. I got my mom yelling at my brother. My brother listening to YouTube videos all over the house. I get no privacy. It's the only place where I can have peace in the basement. But I'm good. Here I am. Whatever. Next, um, yes. Next week, come to Lansing. And we'll do a little. We'll do a little. We could do that. Might that might work? I don't, don't hate that. Like that. I don't hate that. My place, or we'll just do it. My people will be in touch with your people on that. Uh, but to answer Collins's inquiry, uh, the Wings do have a ton of cap space. They have like close to 28 million in cap space right now. They do have to sign some contracts. I know like Mantha's a restricted free agent. Bertuzzi's a restricted free agent. I want to save more of that stuff for next week when we can talk like draft and contracts and how the team looks. But they, the, the Red Wings, as you said, Collins, perfectly, is that's, you know, good teams take on bad contracts like this and acquire assets like the second round pick. Um, and just deal with it. So it, it's not like Mark Stahl as a bum. And, and that's kind of like what people around the league seem to when they, when this, when you look on Twitter about this trade, it's like, Oh, like Mark Stahl's useless. This and that he's not useless. He's dealt with injury problems. 
New York is in a spot now, as I said, where they can use that $5.7 million to do other things to make their team better. I keep hearing rumors they're going to try to go get Jack Eichel. That's just not going to happen, but they're clearly make, looking to make a move. So Mark Stahl is going to play every night that he's healthy for you if you're the Red Wings. He's going to be a great mentor to these guys. But the biggest thing is now the second pick. You have three second-round picks this year and three second-round picks next year on top of two in the third round this year and two in the third round next year. So it, it's, it's all shaping together and coming together to be, to be something special. Um, but the cap space thing is not going to be an issue to answer your question, Collins. But I will keep more of the Red Wing stuff uh, for next week because we'll talk draft and do all that good stuff. Um, so I guess we can shut the book on the Red Wings for today. Um, let's do Tigers before we get into the, into the, into the Lions, excuse me, because the Tiger season is officially over. Sneaky, like quiet, just fizzled out. I know there were question marks of like, are they going to finish their games with the Cardinals uh, or whatever? Because I think they, they wound up like two games short of that 60 mark. Um, but either way, they finished the season 23 and 35, good for last in the American League Central. Um, I'll turn it over to you guys to start. I didn't really have a set way of how I wanted to attack it. I just want to get your opinions on did they exceed your expectations? Did they meet your expectations? Guys that you liked what you saw, things that you didn't like that you saw, and, and where we go from here. Ryan Collins, kick it off. Positive season. Just I, I, I don't think there's another word for it. Just positive. You found some things. And you look at Jamer Candelario and Willie Castro. You're like, you, you, you looked like – they looked like everyday players for the next handful of years for this team. And Willie Castro, like, Candelario got red hot for about a month. Willie Castro was good the whole year. Like, he, he's got some things he's got to work on in the field. field. He had a couple throwing errors that were really bad. But, like, he looks like a bona fide, like, everyday shortstop for this organization for a while, which was something you didn't expect coming into the season. You finally got to see some of the young arms in Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal. And, and all things considered, pretty good. Like, they weren't great, but they I don't think they lost their confidence. They had a couple of really good outings, each of them. And, and at the same time, they were competitive for the majority of the season. And, and I think once the injuries kind of took a bite out of them and that they just – as an offense, they just couldn't handle giving up as many runs as they were for the whole season. They just weren't going to win that many baseball games playing that type of baseball. But, I mean, it's a positive season. I enjoyed watching Tigers this year. Did you guys? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, I agree. I echo a lot of what you said, Collins. I think really the turning point of the year, if you could even call it that, was, was Jacoby Jones's injury. I think that's kind of when the team started to become like, you know, the playoff aspirations kind of took a deep dive. But I – I, I agree with everything you said, Kyle. Successful season. You found some pieces. You talked about them, so I won't. But as far as the pitching goes, uh, yeah, those guys are rookies. So, I mean, you, you just kind of roll with the punches from here. You got their, their jitters out, so to speak. Next year, there's going to be some more expectations for, you know, Scooble, Burroughs, Mize, all those dudes. And it's nice to have options, like in the middle infield. You know, it, it's almost, I don't want to say embarrassment of riches because these guys aren't all-stars, but – there you have options now it's not just like Nico Goodrum every single day you know what I'm saying so I think that that's kind of a step forward obviously you're gonna have to find a new manager uh we talked about that last week but I just think overall given the fact that this was a 60 or a 58 game season whatever the Tigers I, I don't want to 
say they like drastically exceeded my expectations, but yes, Collins, your final point, they were fun to watch. And I think that's all you can really ask for, especially given the whole context of COVID-19 and all that bullshit. Like it was just fun to watch the Tigers this year. And Miggy looked nice too. Miggy, actually not really, but he was just, he played the full season. How's that? Miguel Cabrera with the all-time cover run line home run a couple days ago. And it's yeah. Minnesota Twins, 8-4, to four, bottom of the ninth, two outs, two guys on. It's a meaningless home run. Candelario strikes on three pitches, covers one and a half. Shout out Miguel Cabrera. Thank you. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, I, I completely agree with both of you guys. I I guess this season, worst case scenario, they come out and they win like 12 games and it's just embarrassing baseball. But for the for the majority of the season, to be honest with you guys, up until like the last week, week and a half, two weeks, I was watching almost every game. I mean, they were legitimately in it. And so Trent and I were talking. More. Yeah, Trent and I were talking before the show. And like as far as the playoff baseball is concerned right now, I think once it gets a little bit deeper, I'll, I'll get my, my juice back for the for, – playoff baseball because playoff baseball is awesome but I was saying to Trent like if the Tigers would have made the playoffs awesome because it would have been nice to see them play playoff baseball Um, but once that kind of fizzled out for me I just kind of lost interest because there were just games where they were losing you know by a million runs and Collins you said it their offense just wasn't going to be productive enough to to chase a bunch of the numbers that they had to to keep games close. But for the majority of the season, they were very competitive. I love to see it. And, and that's just the one theme that's going to keep coming up is finally this year, you, you, you can walk out of this season confident with who your young guys are going to lead your team going forward. And I know that we did the whole, the first episode we did before the season started, we all had our guys of like, who's the watch? What guy can I, what I end up hating at the end of the season? I think my guy that I, that I said that I initially could see myself hating at the end of this year was Condelario. He was terrible to start the season, but he finished the season batting 297. He was red hot in the middle of the summer. So you guys, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't care to go through all the stats. I mean, Willie Castro finished the year batting 349. Um, Harold Thanks. Castro. Yes, he was great. Harold Castro in a smaller sample size of just 22 games was batting 347. Well, okay. Was he? I don't, that can't be real. I promise I wouldn't lie to you. I didn't hit for power very much, but but 347. Um, Victor Reyes was great too, batting yeah. 277. Um, so so those are the positives for me. You're you're coming out of this season um, in a year where you were just looking to have give me two or three guys that I can go. Okay, this is the guy that's going to be playing in this spot all of next year. This is the guy that's going to be playing here. I just think the biggest challenge for this team going forward is number one, you have a lot of, you have a couple of these one year guys that are going to be unrestricted free agents, like your Romines, like your Jonathan Scopes, your CJ Crones. That may be a conversation for a different day as far as who they need to bring back. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought back Scope because I think them not trading Scope might have told you that they want to keep him around, which I don't hate. But, you know, we've been talking about this for so long as far as, you know, are you gonna? Are you going to permanently keep Jamer at first base? Which I really can't stand that they do that. Where are you gonna put Paredes? His bat really fell off after his first couple games there. Uh, you know, Sergio Alcantara didn't really have a strong showing at the plate, but still a guy you got to keep eyes on. Lugo. So all these guys that I keep naming, it's just gonna be a matter of finding 
where these guys fit. On the flip side of the coin, what we also saw too is guys like Grayson Griner, Christian Stewart, Travis Demerit, Nico Goodrum, guys that you're probably comfortable putting on the back burner for now and letting other guys get a shot. I w- it was asinine how much they played Nico Goodrum, but they kind of, you know, I think especially once Lloyd took over, they, they toned it back a bit as far as giving Willie Castro more reps at shortstop over Nico Goodrum, which was great. Um, but Christian Stewart, Travis Demerit, you know, it's like I don't know how many more chances you can give these guys. But when you have a guy like Victor Reyes step up, when you hopefully get Jacoby Jones back healthy next year, um, Daz Cameron she had played some games of decent baseball this year, all positive things to where I'm not that upset about moving on from guys like, uh, like a Stewart um, a Bonifacio. I don't know what, what his deal is either. Um, my last thing, as far as the pitching is concerned, I, I, the same kind of, same kind of standpoint as the, as the rest of the roster. I mean, Brian Garcia was great this year, 1.66 ERA. Cisnero was solid. Soto had some struggles, but he was fine for the most part. Buck Farmer kind of found his feet again. Um, Daniel Norris, who I thought was just absolutely tremendous this year, who, uh, I d- deserves to be on the roster, and I think he will go and be going forward. Um, and again, young guys, Scooble, Mize, um, it is what it is. I don't put too much emphasis on this season because it's their first taste of getting major league action. I think they'll be just fine in the future. Um, and now looking into the offseason here, uh, Jordan Zimmerman comes off the books, which is huge for your team. Now that they're going to go out and use that money to go find someone right now because they're not in a position to do so. Uh, how, um, Ravs, I, I, I don't want to cut you off, but are, are they in a position to do something? I kind of think they are. Well, who, that's my question. Who, who would you want to go get? I mean, who, I, I don't think they're in a spot to go spend money on a guy that's like, you know, like a no, what are you going to go get? Like Nolan Arenado? I'm like, let's, he's not going to come here. No, I, I understand that. But I, I mean, literally, I think Miguel Cabrera is the only bad contract they have, right? He's yeah, and I mean, again, I, I, I would. You might have to be half their payroll. Like, I'm, I mean, like if you, he, it's. Dude, like, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, looking at their cap friendly right now, Daniel Norris makes just shy of $3 million. And as far as guys that are still going to be with the team next year, he makes like the most money besides Boyd. Boyd makes like 5.3. He'll go into arbitration. Uh, he's, or at least he's eligible for arbitration next year. So you're right. I mean, Cabrera makes up pretty much half of the team's payroll now. And, I, and I don't know what the Illages want to do because I know they scaled back their payroll quite a bit the last couple of years and they talked about doing that. But, like, you get a I, – I, I, like I said, I haven't looked at the free agent market this year. I know there's a couple big-name bats and stuff like that, like LeMayhew and stuff like that. But I, I, I don't expect them to go out and get them. But – if you make one or two flashy moves and then you bring back Scope and you bring back maybe like Prone, like they're not bad. They re- like they really, I mean, they play competitive baseball and I know it's a short sample of 60 games. It's not 162 like it will be next year. But you got you got to think like this. I, I think they're a lot closer than I ever thought they would be after this year. I think they're a year or two away from playing competitive baseball. And I know, I, I, I know every pessimist is going to be like, well, the White Sox are going to own the division for the next eight years. they got all these guys under club control. I mean, if Mize and Scooble and a, and a couple of these other young pitchers come up and they're nasty, your window just starts to open now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it can open quicker than you think. 
And especially if Victor Reyes, Willie Castro, and Jamer Candelario are in a play like they did at the end of the season, why not go out and make a little splashy move and see if you can open the window a little bit quicker than you think? Yeah, I don't I, I really don't hate it. I mean, I just I think to me with with the Illiches, as as you said, Collins, that they kind of made the point that we're gonna scale back the payroll and, and let let the process take place. Um, I don't know if now's the time to go. I mean, I don't I'm not saying you gotta go throw thirty million at another guy. Um, and I know that you're not saying that either. I would like to see the majority of the money be focused on, on pitching. And I think that's one thing where the Tigers can really focus in on is when they get close to taking that jump to like, okay, we have a competitive team that can play playoff baseball. Like, let's go do it. I'd like to see them, you know, put some money in, in the pitching. Cause I, I do think, and you got to keep in mind too, Torkelson green, you know, Clemens like these are names that we haven't even gotten a taste of yet and if those guys can produce too on top of your Jamer on top of your Willie Castro your, your Victor Reyes you might not really need to go out and, and spend a bunch of because you're still going to have Miggy and, and you're not going to just sit Miggy so you know that's for 30 million dollars the DH is going to be fine um, so I guess we'll just have to see I think it's a bit too early to jump the gun and try to go pay a guy when you still have all these questions up in the air of like, well, we're trying to shuffle so many guys in to these middle infield spots. Who's our third baseman? Who's going to be the three in the everyday outfield to the point where I, I don't really want to start doing what, what the, what the Tigers have historically done with these one-year contracts, but let's just start plugging holes that don't need to be plugged. So to your point, I don't know if I need to see Crone come back. I really don't. I think scope, I could see them resigning him. They probably will. Um, Austin Romine kind of fizzled out towards the end of the season. We didn't see Jake Rogers at all this year. So, Collins, you said it before. He might just not, like, be good. He might stand. So, he just might – yeah, he can't be good. Which sucks. Which sucks. But um, between him and this Dinkler or Dingler or whatever that they seem to like from Ohio State, um, we'll see. Eric Haas on the roster as well, too. So, um, a lot of things to look for in the offseason as far as uh, a lot of guys under team control still, a lot of guys going to arbitration. So, I don't know. But all in all – can't ask for much more. I, I got to watch some Tigers baseball that I enjoyed. I was excited to turn the TV on, and we found some pieces. Yep, agree. Fun stuff. Um, I, I, I get a Tigers, cool. baby. Come on. <laughs> I love this team. I think, I think scope is a big deal. Like, I forgot to mention that, but I actually think Collins, you talked about, he's only 28 years old, and that's a guy who, like, I would re-sign him. I don't know what number they get, but I would re-sign him. Well, yeah, and he's – even if it's, like, a, just a two-year deal, and he's probably was your best all-around player this season, really, I mean, if you look at it. So, yeah, good call there. Go Tigers. We'll see what happens this offseason. When do you think we're going to find out who our next manager is? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I have to imagine they might uh, – yeah, it's, it's a thing. Like, I don't know what the rules are as far as being able to talk to manager. I'm sure that some of there's, there's guys on some of these teams or within these organizations that are playing in the playoffs. For example, the Yankees and Marcus Timms keeps coming up as a name like, Oh, the Tigers might go get him. So I, I don't know if they'll wait till the postseason's over or what. I just, like I said, it, it just can't be Lloyd. It can't, it really can't be. I think if you keep Lloyd McClellan for a year or two, just to like do the whole, like, Oh, well, we'll bridge the gap and, because he's a familiar guy, I, I I get it, but it just it it can't it can't happen. You, you got to start, you know, making some a, moves. That's forward. not a winning move. That's not a winning move at Correct. all. Correct. But but whatever. Would you, would you guys be fine with Hinch? AJ, 
Yeah. No, no reason, no. dude. There's no reason to go. No. no Why reason. not? Who cares? Let's cheat. Let's win a championship. <laughs> let's go. Let's let's go all in. Bring all the can. Let's get Cora back too. Bring the whole bunch. Get Beltron too. Whatever. I play the game clean. I'm a clean guy. I don't need it. Not in my city. Being um, a baseball, right. I see Giolito seven perfect innings. Really good for. I haven't watched any of the baseball today, but. I just hope I hope I, I do you root for the AL Central? Like is that the you no, like, I you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a big tech, I'm a big ten guy. I like I root for the big ten. Like the AL Central. Is that, yeah. very, that is so No, not Michigan. No, no, no. No, but I, I agree, I know what you're saying, that but that's different. I mean, college is different. It's like you're representing the conference. And there's twelve teams, so you really don't have that bad of a you know, a, a, you don't have a sour relationship with all of them. In baseball, it's like, yeah, I hate the Indians. I hate the White Sox. You know, I hate all these guys for different reasons. And then, you know, same thing in football, obviously. We hate I think, the Packers, Bears, Vikings. Yeah, I, dude, I don't, I don't root for anyone I'm rivals with. But I, I like, am sort of happy for the White Sox because they've kind of stunk for, like, 10 years. So it's kind of nice for them to have, like, a little, like, but – if the Indians were to win a title or the Twins to win a title before the Tigers do, I would be devastated. I can't <laughs> handle the Twins winning a title or yep. the Indians. I wouldn't be able to handle that. Very well said. Like, you can yeah, be, like, somewhat happy for these franchises, but then it's, like, like the White Sox, there's I a line. Care. The yeah. White Sox, I wouldn't care because, like, the last time the Tigers and the White Sox were, like, really, like, competitive and rivals were, like, 06 when Paul Turnerco and Jermaine Dye were putting like four home runs like a series into the stands against the Tigers. So I don't really care about the White Sox like that. Yeah, that's that's it's just nice to see the White Sox like that's the again another team Great that had jerseys. to do the rebuild. Oh, good jerseys, yes. Right. They, they did the rebuild, they did the rebuild, they did it right, and it's starting to work. And they got some sweet names like Luis Robert, uh, Moncado, whatever. Like those, oh, it's cool, good for them. Um, all right, we have a victory to announce. Cue the cue the music, the gridiron gang, whatever the song's called. Oh, Lions win twenty six to twenty three. The annual the, the annual uh, Detroit Lions red. Arizona Cardinals game. Stand and cheer the brave. Rah, 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 rah. Rah. Go hard win the game. Okay, okay someone's out finish off. Will honor you. Will keep your fame down, down the field. field. Uh, a lion's victory. victory. Good. Go. I didn't want to jump in, but I felt no. bad. I didn't want to be left out. That's we'll that, that, that could be an embarrassing clip. That's just that could horrible, be embarrassing. But it's all right. Go Gridiron, my hero. Uh, that, all right, big one for the Lions. That might sound absolutely brutal. On it the could be great. What if it's like really good? What if it's really good? Who knows? What are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds? That <laughs> Not high. Um, okay, the Lions won. They won a game. This Woo! is awesome. I called it. People forget that. I said at the top of the episode, I called it. Um, I, I'll let one of you guys go. I've been talking a lot. Um, I got a bunch of points here that I want to make, um, and I'm sure it'll come up in, in discussion, but whoever wants to go, go I'll take it. it. I'll take it. Give me. I'm chomping at the bit here. Let me Let me just – I'm just going to give a couple – Trent, Trent, you said before you go, you, I, don't, I don't remember what the text was exactly, but on Monday – Time. Yeah, on Monday when we were trying to decide, when, when, like when we're gonna record, and you come back with the, I'll go whenever. Like this is the best day I've had in a long time. That was like kind of sad. It was sad. Why is that sad? 
I that's won. like, like a, a, a win to get to one and uh, to one and two is like I, I appreciate it, but either yes, way. because go if ahead. you go to zero and three, I am very very sad, and the season's already over. Take us through the best day of your life. The Lions are one and two, all right? This was a huge win because the Cardinals are a good team. We'll find out by the end of the season whether or not that holds true because they also do play in a very good division, you know, with the Seahawks, Rams, and 49ers. But what have you, Cardinals are a good team. Kyler Murray's a good quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins, a very good wide receiver. Probably, I would argue, he's the best in football. So all those things, you know, culminated. Cliff Kingsbury's a very good offensive coach. And this was just a big win. Okay, like let's just let's just call it how it is. You saved your season. Matt Patricia saved his job for now. All right. So Jesse James is a lion. That made me happy. It's happy to see him kind of you know make a little bit of an appearance. Forgot he was on the team. Matthew Stafford made his 29th fourth quarter comeback and went four for four on the game-winning drive. Not to mention two catches for Marvin Jones. I've always told you guys I trust Marvin in big spots. I think Stafford does too. Kenny is obviously better and great but you trust Marvin Moore, so I love that. Dagger time, got the win. Tracy Walker and Deron Harmon played every single defensive snap. I love to see that because Harmon, you saw, should have had two picks. He had one, and he had a, he picked up a great block on that Okuda pick. Did you guys see that? Yes. I mean, that's just vet stuff. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, like, when you talk about the, the New England Patriots, all these cast-offs we get, those are the little things that, like, that is because he played New England. Like, that's, those are, that's the IQ plays that, that those guys make. So, I like that. I like seeing Tracy play every down. Uh, we, uh, the Lions probably have the best special teams unit in the whole league. Am I wrong? Yeah. I mean, Jack, I mean, Jack, Jack Fox is dude, he's the best. Dude, he's a Hall of Famer. The guy's a he's Hall of Famer, dude. He's the best player in the Lions. Has he's anyone returned a punt? Has anyone returned a punt against this team no. this year? No. Like, and at, you know like at all. He's the best and then, again, why you're again, why your fucking coach should have punted instead of kicked the damn field goal? Well, you know the what? Other week, just he saying. did. He did yesterday. Oh, yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. He pinned him at the five. <laughs> pinned him at the five. No, you gotta edit that. Come on. I only, I only got a couple more things, and then I'll let you guys take over. AP got 22 carries. That's pretty high, but you know what? It's seeming to work. Dude, I mean, no, sh- no. I, that is my one pet peeve. Put, give the ball to Terrion Johnson. Okay, yes. Correct, let I agree. Let, let Trent go. There. I agree, but let Trent go, yes. I was, I was going to get there real quick. AP is getting 22 carries, okay? That's very – I mean, that's a lot. That's like bell cow back, prime, 2009 AP type stuff. I don't really know if we need to be giving him that many carries. No, we don't. But I will say this. Carrion Johnson should be your bell cow back, and I think he will be as the season sort of starts to settle in a little more. DeAndre Swift, you're working him in in the passing game. I get it. Adrian Peterson, the ball off? Like, what's going on there? Well, Adrian Peterson is just more he's likely not that to break good anymore. He's well, he, an old bag. He's but he's bad. like Collins. He's more likely to break one than Carry On is. Carry On has no never way, broken dude. one his whole career. Carry On hasn't broken one his entire career. I'm not hating on him. I think he should dude. be the starter and get more I, than. I, I AP is fine when you miss him in for a couple drives and stuff. But like, like you said, when you. Yeah, that's easier belt cow. It makes no sense. The Lions' oh, that, backfield makes no sense. I agree. With every you. time, every time Carrion gets the ball, you're like, "Oh, he looks pretty good. He looks healthy." I don't know if he's injured or something. And every time Swift gets the ball, you're like, "This guy's explosive in the open field." And, and, and AP had a really good week one, but I'm still not comfortable giving him the lion's share of the carries. 
I like I don't that's, get it. Like what is fair. that? I'm not either. I'm I guess what I'm trying to say is like mix them up. Try to use those guys as a three-headed monster instead of like AP is the spearhead and then you got these two little complimentary pieces. I don't like that. Spread the wealth a little bit. I know Swift you're probably going to end up passing to more than the other two. He's going to get less carries. I don't care how it works if you just win and they won this Sunday. So I don't really have a huge gripe with it. But I will say this. I agree with you completely. AP needs to get less than 22. Carry on needs to get more than six or whatever. Three. He, he was in for like one drive. Carries. And he was good. Three carries. My last positive before I turn it over to you guys. When you force turnovers, you win. That's just the bottom line. The Lions look fantastic in terms of like forcing turnovers, catching tipped balls, you know, no fumbles or anything. Should have had another one, too. It should have been four picks. If you capitalize on those mistakes, you win in this league. It's really that simple because the games aren't that long. And you don't get that many chances to score. So that, to me, was just the culmination of that's how you got to this win. I mean, that's how you got to one and two and saved your season for now. You forced turnovers. You played smart. Your quarterback led you to a win. And you got the best special teams unit in the whole NFL. I think they played a really good game. I'm not going to take credit away from what the Lions did because I do think they played well. But I also think they were very fortunate because I think the Cardinals did not capitalize on a lot of the Lions' weaknesses because, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins should have got the ball every single play because Okuda couldn't handle him. He just couldn't. And Jeff Okuda had a nice little recovery game, made some plays, but he also showed some weaknesses, which you'd expect out of a young player, but you saw some positives with that interception, that return. He had a couple nice tackles. He got juked out by Kyler Murray. He got owned by Hopkins all day, which I expect him to get owned by Hopkins. He's a rookie. Like, like it's not crazy to think. But, they, I mean, the defense made some big stops. I think that is the key to this game. You punt the ball away and they get it right back, go down, kick a field goal. Like, like I, the, I think the defense won this game. And I, I think Stafford played pretty well. He met, he overthrew a couple touchdowns on that one drive that I think what could have given the Lions some separation from the Cardinals, I think, in the third quarter. But he looked solid. I like the offensive steam. I really like how they're using Hawkinson. He's looked good. Still not worth the eighth pick in the draft, but he's looked good. Um, I just – I still have major concerns for this defense because – it, it, they just – they won the turnover battle by, what, three? The margin by three? You're not going to win like that every week. And, and, and I thought the Cardinals moved the ball at will unless they turned it over, unless it was the last two drives. So, I, I, I don't know. They brought the pressure a little bit more this week, what I liked. And I think their linebackers played a little bit better. But, I mean, their linebackers stink. They're, like, Jamie Collins does not look good. I'm sorry. He had an interception this week. He – I, I just – I'm very concerned about this Lions defense, especially going into this week. Yeah, I, I completely agree with the point of the defense. I got a, I got a litany of things here to, to discuss, and you guys feel free to jump in when you want. I thought this game – again, give credit where credit's due. Like, the Lions got the job done. I don't care if it wasn't the prettiest thing in the world. They got the job done. This, to me, was a combination – like, the defense for the Lions was as close to the point of breaking as they could have been, and I just thought Kyler Murray wasn't all that great. I also thought they underutilized – like, he only ran, like, five times. 
that fourth me, and one, that fourth and one where they had that other guy in the game was, and then they got a false start immediately was maybe one of the worst coaching decisions I've seen in the NFL. Yeah. And I don't know if they like threw him in there and, and thought they'd get the lions to jump or what, but I just don't, I don't buy they were trying to get the lions to jump because I think that if you call a timeout to run out with that, that play, you, you don't, you run a play. Like, it's not like they, they tried to get him on the hard snap and then you call timeout and punt. So, I don't know. That was weird. But I thought they should have ran Kyler Murray way more. He wasn't, he wasn't great. And I think the Lions definitely probably showed some, some looks on defense because the, the, the interceptions, I mean, he didn't see any of the guys that picked the balls off. So, I don't know if it was a different look the Lions were giving him that he wasn't prepared for. Um, but but I, I thought that Kyler Murray wasn't great, which helped. Trent, as you said, with the turnovers – you force three turnovers, your first three turnovers of the season at that. You have to win when that happens. When you're plus three in the turnover battle, you have to win. And they did. Obviously, it wasn't by a large margin. Um, but they did. Two two huge stands for the defense late in the game. And, and the one thing that's really irritating about this defense is just that I, I think up until those couple stands, the Cardinals may – what did they punt, like twice – all game, yeah. like they never forced it. Like you need to force teams to go three and out. Bottom line, and and the Lions really don't do that. And it's just a testament again. They're a bend don't break. Um, there's and it just comes down to the fact that you know, Collins. You said that you thought the pressure was a bit better. I was. It was like what they got. It's fine. I, don't know I if, mean, it's better than nothing. They had some. But I don't. I mean, you got to put Kyler Murray on the ground once. I think Romeo Quara had the only sack of the game. There was maybe one play where you got on, on the first interception, maybe where you got a hand in his face, uh, and, and he and he couldn't get a good throw off, which is why I threw the pick. But. I don't want to keep beating the dead horse because I'm going to tell you guys right now, Colin said it too, this defense is cause for concern. The scheme doesn't work with the players they have. It just doesn't. They don't get pressure up front, and their secondary is not good enough to cover for all that long. I don't know if you're going to get Trufant back next week. I don't know how long Coleman's supposed to be out, but you're going to need those two guys to come and play at some point to at least have a chance, especially if if Michael Thomas is coming back next week on those slant routes for New Orleans and, and, and Coleman's not healthy. Well, God, he's on my fantasy team, so he needs to come back eventually. Beside the point, I had him too. I traded him, guys. That's what. Oh, uh, for the third straight year, zero and three. I know no one cares about anyone's fantasy team, but for the third straight year, zero and three. No, probably not. I stink at it. Whatever. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, I, I thought Jeff Okuda had a great interception. He had a huge tackle in the red zone on DeAndre Hopkins. He jumped the route really well. He shows that he's got some decent playmaking ability. But, again, as you guys both said, to, to, for your second NFL start with the, with the defense the way the Lions are of not really getting any pressure and you being on an island out there against the, the best receiver in, in the game, he was okay. He got burned a couple times. but I want to throw this in real quick before I let you go. I was critical of him last week. But it's literally only because I, I, like, I understand you're going against Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I just would have liked to see one or two plays where you kind of pop and look like a third overall pick. Last week, we got none of that. This week, we did. So, I mean, I, sure. of course. And I know we got to be patient with him because he plays cornerback, which is one of the hardest positions to transition from college to pros just because of the speed of the game and whatnot and the talent of quarterbacks and all that. I get it. And he finally – he I mean, I don't want to say finally. It was the second game. But he made a couple great plays yesterday, Sunday. So For sure. That's very encouraging. For sure. My, my last little piece here is, is about the offense. And to me, the, the offense has to be – I say it every week. Your quarterback has to play an A 
B-plus at the worst game every week for your team to have a chance. And the offense, to me, for the first three games has really been vanilla as far as the play calling goes. I could not agree more with with Collins. Peterson had 22 carries. I get he had a great first week. I understand. I love to see 96, 94 yards, whatever it was. But the telegraphed handoff on first down to Adrian Peterson for three yards every drive is they like didn't throw it makes the ball on first down for like three quarters. And they finally, finally at the end of the game, they went play action first down and got a, and got a nice play when it when it mattered. But I completely agree that this is a three headed monster. You have Peterson can be your goal line back. He's a big solid dude. He knows how to run hard. But carry on should be the feature back. And I don't get how he only gets three carries. He's faster. He hits holes harder. And he's more versatile than Adrian. Same with Swift. I feel like Swift well, doesn't on the get field any carries like three times. Yeah. He, he, the guy was a horse in college. And I, Daryl Bevel last year showed some flashes where he was just very creative and giving you different looks and getting different guys in the mix, running guys around the back end, jet sweep, all this different stuff that they would do. And you haven't seen it so far. And that's one – I don't want to say he's been doing a poor job, but it's just a very vanilla offense to me. And when you have carry on, you have uh, a swift – Scarborough, I'm not sure if he's healthy. I don't know if he is healthy, how much they're going to mix him in. Uh, Same thing, Ty Johnson, you haven't – I don't think he's played an offensive snap this year. He's more on special teams. When you have guys with the skill set that you do and carry on and swift, they need to get the ball more. I I don't need to see – 22 carries a game for Adrian Peterson is ridiculous because it's the same thing every drive. It's his his telegraphed handoff on first down, sometimes on second down. Let's panic and throw. So that, to me, I can't stand. I think that there's too many drives, too, where the Lions get caught going three and out in, like, 37 seconds. Like, that that stuff can't happen either. You guys run up a great point about Hawkinson. Hawkinson – I, I get what you're saying, Collins, and for the rest of his career, he's going to be looked at as that eighth overall pick, and he may never amount to what you think the eighth overall pick should do for you, but he, between his size and his speed and his catching ability, they need to use him more because there are zero linebackers in this league that can cover him. They can't, and you started to see some great routes that they actually ran for him to get him open, to get the ball, and, and it, it worked. So I like that they're trying to get to Hawkinson more, and they should because he's a legit player. Um, my, my last thing on, on the offense and this team in general, Big V makes his first start of the year. Why? Stunk. Why? Why is he playing right guard, dude? Can, can someone exp- – you, you give this guy $60 million to be your right tackle. You let Rick Wagner walk, as you should have. Tyrell Crosby is capable of playing. I think he might have been a guard in college. I know he can play both positions. Why is this guy playing guard? He had a terrible blown assignment that almost got your quarterback killed one time. He had a horrible penalty as well that cost you big time during the game. Maybe if they think like his foot's not healthy enough for him to be playing on the outside, sure. But you 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 gotta be kidding me with this crap. They did the same thing to Ragnow, and they tried to play him at guard. Just make. Okay, yeah, I mean, I'm I, gonna... I, I, I we I tackle play him there. Okay, so Rabs, you trot out there a little bit. <laughs> I, I I understand. I'm here. That. I was done talking. 
Play know, him there. You, play you him cut right out while you're trying to make the point that you play V at his position. I, I'm just going to say this again. He just looked horrible. He was getting whipped. So uh, whatever they got to do to make him a productive player and what they paid him, he looked horrible this week. Look, I, I agree with you guys. I agree with the sentiment completely. He looked horrible. I guess he was trash. He was I trash this week. I understand that they wanted the best five out there, but that just doesn't always – it's not always what you do. You got to play guys at the positions. So that's where it's I like when Michigan State tried to play Tyler Higby at center two years ago, and it was the <laughs> biggest disaster I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I mean that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that's rough. Well, that was a really that was an inside baseball thing. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I I agree with you guys, Rabs. I got you. I'll just I'll let, keep going. No, I I that's that was like my last thing. I I don't I, get I, it, that. Just makes no sense to me why he's like playing. Like he doesn't play there. He's a right tackle. So play him there. You just paid I, him all this money to come here and do it. I I think the biggest point we missed that we haven't touched on yet. I don't know if you talked about it, Trent. But, I mean, Kenny Galladay was back. This offense looked a lot different with Kenny Galladay. He's an obviously I, – I think he's probably a top ten receiver with his size, speed, oh, and sure. hands. For sure. I, I would argue that he's a top ten wide receiver in the league, and the, especially with the coverages he probably sees. And I think that just opened up the offense. So, I, I did, we didn't really touch on it that much, but he's huge. So, I, I like, the offense looked a lot better, and I think a big part of that was just Kenny Galladay was in the lineup. By the way, how about the throw from, from Matthew Stafford to, to Marvin Jones, the deep ball? I mean, how, how pretty was that? Marvin Jones? Was Marvin no. Hall? Which one was what it? Was the called back? Jones. Yeah, yes. Marvin Hall. Oh, Marvin Hall. Back. Yeah, that was a fantastic throw. I mean, what a, what a ball. They, they have to pay Kenny, correct? Are we on the yeah. same page? Yes. Like, you got to pay the guy? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, that's, that's all I got for the Cardinals game on my end. I mean, we can move into Saints if we want to do that and, and look towards next week. I, I guess here, here's my last thing before we do Saints. Um, as far as the narrative around this win, and, and the one thing that I can't stand and why I really don't listen to 97-1 anymore especially Valeni, which I love the guy, so I hate that I have to say that. But there was this narrative going around, and again, I get how sports media is. I get how Lions fans are, especially about how if you care about this team, you want the Lions need to lose to the Cardinals. They need to lose to the Saints and go into the bye week so you can fire all that stuff. But as I told you guys, this was like a typical, like this was like the positive SOL win. Like the Lions are going to win a game that you, you're like, you know, they're down and you think they're out, but they're going to come back and win a game. And there's this whole narrative of like, well, the Lions need to suck so Patricia can be gone. And if they win games, she's going to stay here. I understand that. And do I think Matt Patricia is the guy that's going to be here if the Lions ever hoist the Super Bowl trophy? No. I don't think he's the right guy for the job. I don't think he's a good enough head coach for many different reasons. I don't care to get into it at all. But if you are a Lions fan, and you are actively rooting for this team to lose games because you think that it's going to get your coach fired sooner, you are a loser. And I'm going to ask you to stop watching the team. Like, that, that's so ridiculous to me. Of I, And I, I hate to throw guys under the bus. I got a text on Sunday uh, from a group chat. Do you guys want the Lions are, – are we rooting for the Lions to lose today? And I go, really, dude? We're going to play that game now? They're two games into the season. They're one and two right now, and as we get into Saints, do I expect them to beat the Saints next week? I do not. Can they? Sure. If they don't, they're one and three going into the bye. Your coach will have a job coming out of the bye. And as I texted you guys at 1.30 in the morning when I couldn't sleep, 
that they're going to roll the Jags. They're going to roll Washington. Okay, stop. We're not doing this. Stop. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Guess what? There was a good win against a good team on the road against Arizona. And I understand they didn't have fans there. But let, let's not get it twisted. I understand what you're saying. If you're rooting for the Lions to lose, you're basically rooting for the Lions to rebuild, which is something that I don't think anyone wants to do, especially in the city of Detroit, since everyone stinks at sports. Everyone does. So yeah. you're kind of hoping you have one team you can root for. So I get what you're saying, Ravs. But at the same point, I don't think this team indicated any future success. Is that, is that fair? I know it, it is, and I, I'm not. I'm not saying that this like. I know you're saying. Matt I know Patricia's you're saying. Job, let's not. I, I, let's not do the future schedule thing. Let's not yeah, do okay. that. Okay, I'll pump the brakes on that. My only. My only point being was is this argument for like you over oh, the Lions need to lose to get Patricia out of here sooner. This is if the, he doesn't make the playoffs this year, I think he's gone. I genuinely believe yeah. that. Oh, I'm yeah. just saying that while if that's the case. What is the point of having this guy out by week five or six when you could just try to win with what you got and you're, when you're only – it'd be different if the, if the Lions were 0-6 and, and won this game and it was like, oh, my gosh, like Sheila Ford might actually keep this guy around because he just won a football game. They're 1-2. and two. They're three games into the season. Yeah. So good win. Keep rolling. And we can do Saints now. And Trent, wrap us up with it with the point that was just made. We'll go to Saints. Well, yeah, all I wanted to do was I just uh, – in terms of, like, the whole going forward thing, I just want to highlight a couple of things that I think people are forgetting. I mean, obviously, Collins, you talked about it. Kenny's healthy, and that opens up the offense. So you finally got him back, and the offense already yeah, – on Sunday, keep saying yesterday, on Sunday looked a lot better than they did in weeks one and two, all right? Trufant and Coleman will get healthy at some point. Coleman went on the IR. It's a little different this year. It's a three-week deal. So – he can come back, you know, he's the bye week being four is huge in that aspect because he can come back week five or week six, whatever, over the bye or that next week. You're going to get him back. Trufant was a limited participant in practice last week, so I assume he'll be questionable going into the Saints game. With or without Michael Thomas, you're still playing Drew Brees, who, yeah, he looks like a shell of himself, but he can always make big plays. So that would be huge to have. Aaron Curse is coming back. You guys remember that signing? No, got, I don't think got, that's I don't think that's a name I even remember was on the Lions. He got suspended for three games. He's coming back. He plays safety. I understand. What he get suspended for? Uh, PEDs, I, I believe. Respect. Believe, but he's coming back. That just adds depth to your secondary, which right now obviously is the weakest part of this team, or the linebacking core. And Okuda gets a lighter workload because let's look at it. He went Rogers and Adams, and then he went Murray and Hopkins. Okay. And, and Collins, I'm not going to do the schedule thing, but just looking at some of the teams you play in the future, I mean, you play Jacksonville, Atlanta, Indiana, or Indianapolis, whatever, Minnesota, Washington. Like, those are teams that don't really have studs at wide receiver or quarterback, per se. So, I don't know. I just want to bring all that stuff to light. Scarborough's another guy who you can mix in because he was on IR. I think he's supposed to come back after the three weeks. You know, he's eligible this week if they make room for him. So I just wanted to bring light to those things because I still think, while, yes, you started 0-2 and you completely blew the first game and had an early lead in the second game, you got the win in week three, and now you can look ahead and just try to put something together. And with all those things considered, I think it's possible. I mean, I, so I, div- division's out of the question because I think the Patriots might be the best team in football. They're, I mean, they're just nasty this year. Rodgers looks like himself. 
So, I mean, I like you said, I mean, they should be 2-1. and one. They should be. But you you also got two teams in your division that you already lost to and you're, that are 3-0. and oh. So, it's going to be pretty hard. And I, I know the Bears aren't good. They're 3-0 and oh because of the product of the people they played. I just don't – I find it hard to believe that this team's talented enough to rip off like five or six in a row. That's just – that's why I'm, we can move into the Saints team because I, I – I don't think any of us are confident in the Lions, especially the way the Saints are coming off two losses in a row and maybe getting Michael Thomas back. But, like, I think this is another week that they kind of got to win because I just – I don't see this team being able to be a five or six – like, I just don't see them being able to rip those teams off. I I would just say to, to that point, and I won't do the schedule thing because you asked me not to, there are easier times ahead. When I drew this sketch, my, my predictions up at the beginning of the season, I chalked the Saints game up as a loss. And as Trent said, you know, Drew Brees hasn't played tremendous football so far this year. But if you give a guy like that enough time to throw, which he'll inevitably have, assuming he'll have, he can make plays, especially if Michael Thomas comes back. I don't know if you have an answer for Alvin Kamara on defense, but given your defense as the Lions, um, and you're going to have to have a lights-out game on offense, bottom line. you got some good cornerbacks on that Saints team. They're a solid enough defense um, because you're going to let up points. That's just the bottom line in my eyes. They're going to let up points. And if they lose this game and go one and three, you regroup at the bye, and and as I said for a hundred times on this podcast already today, there are easier times ahead, and that's where that's like that's that is where Matt Patricia can 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 show you his true colors there. If he can't pick up games against the Jags and the Falcons and the and the Washington football team, then it's like okay, dude, like it's then it's so easy to fire the guy. Like it's very easy to fire the guy. But if the Lions can put something together, which I think they can, and at least go eight and eight, I don't I don't seven and nine can get you in. I have no idea with the extra team. If you can at least go eight and eight and get in the playoffs we're having a different discussion. So as far as this game is concerned, in my eyes, I'm not going to be bent out of shape if they lose because the Saints are a good team. They, they've they had two bummer losses. And shout-out Dave Portnoy, hungry dog, always runs faster. Now the Lions aren't hungry, but the Saints really have a lot of potential on that team to be good, and they haven't shown it so far. So it could get ugly. But I'm not going to – it's not going to break me. It will not break me. Too mentally strong. Should we just get in the pits? Should we just get into the pitch then? Do it. All right. Brian Collins, hit the music virtually if you can. If you don't edit it in this week, that'll look stupid for me. But either way, if you do, that's great. You're a legend. I love you because I don't know how to edit anything, and you do, which is why we love you. So uh, the picks, Ryan Collins, two tough losses last week. He sits at 4-2. and two. Trent Valley is sneaking up the backside here at 3-3. Three and three. That sounded kind of gross. I'm sorry. Uh, as I said, the king, the champ, people's champ, Brian Rabinowitz sitting here at 6-0. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, the total for this game, Lions and Saints at Ford Field, 1 p.m. kick on Sunday. The total is at 54 points. Uh, the New Orleans Saints are favored by four points. Ryan Collins, let's start with you. What do you got? Saints and over. I, I'm sticking with picking against the Lions in the over. I just – it's kind of a tough spot for the Lions this week because, like, maybe, like, if you actually had fans in the stands, you're like, you know what? Like, maybe, maybe they could beat the Saints. Like, this is kind of a – a one o'clock kick in Ford Field. Maybe they're a little sleepy, even though they, but they're not going to be sleepy. They're coming off two losses that, not necessarily good losses. I mean, you lose on two primetime games in a row, 
and, and you get back maybe arguably the best wide receiver in football, maybe. I don't know if he's supposed to play this week. I think he's questionable because I've been looking at his status too just since he's on my fantasy team. But, I mean, Kamara last week looked like a monster. I, I just think they ran into a buzzsaw in the Packers last week. This is like almost like not a must win for the Saints, but like a must win if they want to win their division. So I would expect them to come out guns blazing, and, and it's more of a product of the Saints being a good team than the Lions just sucking. I just think the Saints are not put out hurting on them because they're one of the five to ten best teams in the league. Yeah, the disadvantage of doing this podcast on a Tuesday is that we don't really know the status uh, going into some for some of these guys going into Sunday. Because the deal is, I mean, if Trufant's healthy, I think that's huge. Because with or without Michael Thomas, because you just add a little more depth at corner. You know, Jeff Okuda actually, I mean, he, he has the best passer passer rating like against, if that makes sense, of the six first round rookies that have been taken and played corner. So like, I mean, he's kind of got it together, but I think a lot of that is kind of buffered by his pick. Whatever he he'll get better, and I I trust the Lions defense to at least like. Limit the same. Trent, do you pick against Alliance this week? I need to know. This is the one week I think you could. Nope, not doing it. Lions and over. <laughs> Lions and over. I, I could, I could explain. You guys know how I work. I could like m- mentally, you know, trick myself into thinking the Lions could win any way possible. I just think Stafford plays well. I think Kenny being back opens up your playbook even more. Carry on gets more touches. And look, man, this Lions defense and Matt Patricia is built to stop the run. You're about to play Alvin Kamara. I know he's more of a pass-catching back. Don't let him run all over you because you won't win. But this is at home. I know there's no fans. I, I just The Saints haven't impressed me so far. And I know there's there's potential there for them to be a great team. And Collins, you talked about it. The division race is tight. And if they feel that pressure, then they might you know play well and ball out. Who knows? With or without Michael Thomas, I don't care. Lions and over. I will take the over here as well. I think this is an over that you're going to have to sweat out. I, I, the under, obviously, 40, 54 and a half was the total last week against the Cardinals. And it, it didn't, I mean, it hit under, but this is still a big number, obviously. But I do think that the Saints have shown you they can score points. They got a lot of weapons on offense, believe it or not, especially if Michael Thomas is back. I do think the Lions will keep pace somehow, though. So that's why I think it'll go over. Yeah, a best against my better judgment. I'm, I'm gonna take the Saints here at minus four. That's your better judgment. What are you talking about? This is your better, best judgment. Better, better judgment is me being a Lions fan and wanting to just be a slappy and like Trent. No disrespect, but How, I mean, four is not that big of a number. I I could see that line moving to five or six by the end of this week. And that's why, like, it's a weird thing to me too, Collins, because I feel like the the Saints should be favored by more. But I think because they're like, what are they one and two? Yeah, people are probably like, they're not. Sh- I I don't know, man. I've watched a lot of the Saints. I probably watched them the second most as far as all the other teams besides the Lions. I just don't think the Lions can get it done. If they do, I'll be elated because, like I said, this is not a game that I had chalked up as a win. If they do, great. I'm gonna take the Saints at at, at minus four here. Um, and we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. But that's the picks for the week. Uh, we can end the show today with Trent, your trifecta. I'm sure you have three uh, brain busters for us to to leave us on this fine Tuesday. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So who wins the NBA Finals? Tell me. And in how many games? Lakers. 
Lakers oh, dude, and easy. six. I I don't like either team personally, but I just think the Lakers are better. Okay. I hate the Heat. I don't know. I the Heat have become the most annoying. I hate Tyler Hero, by the way. He's like my least favorite player in the NBA, I think. I I I think I dislike Tyler Hero because I've been rooting against whatever team he's played against and he's just been so good. He's very, very good. He's gonna be very, very good for a while. I'm taking the Lakers because I just love LeBron and I want him to win another I really do hope the Lakers lose though. That'd be very funny. If the Dude, Lakers you're... lose, that would be hilarious. Hilarious. That's Grinch I just, talk from Collins. Grinch it, talk it is. Collins. It is Grinch talk. Is it Grinch? That'd be hilarious if they lost. Okay. Rams. I just think, dude, the Lakers. The Lakers are just too good. I'm sorry. Like the Heat. It's been a great run, and I like seeing a team that actually plays like team basketball and has more to their game. Granted, they do have two guys that just chuck threes, and sometimes it works out. And it's fantastic, but they have more to their game than just playing like run and gun. Like let's just play hero ball all day long. So I can't stand the NBA. As I told Trent earlier, I'm not going to watch a single game of this series until it becomes an elimination game. But I think it'll end up being the Lakers in five games. There's just too much. I Like LeBron and, and AD, I, I'm sorry, dude. Like it's over. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love every minute of LeBron winning another championship just to help his case of being the GOAT because he is. So there's my answer. Okay, relax, guys, about that. But uh, I think Bam Adebayo is probably the best matchup Anthony Davis is going to have. That's a, I, I think that there will be all close games. I just think LeBron will be too much. Okay. Um, I personally have the Lakers in five, so I agree with Gogging. Him, But whatever. Um, so will you take – this is the second question. And this is actually a little premature. I thought we were going to be recording on Monday when I came up with this question, but whatever. Will you watch the debate, the presidential debate, on tonight? It's on tonight, so when the people listen to this, it will no. already happen. Will you no. watch it? And if so, will you take it seriously? No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll vote. That's basically it. I mean, I think I know enough about both candidates at this point that I don't really need to see them debate. Well, yeah, but that's the point. That's like why you watch yeah. for the entertainment, and then you know who you're voting for, anyways. I feel like it's not even that. It's like I feel like back in the day, the debate was like the first time anyone in like the country would like to see someone. But like with social media, and especially if you watched NFL yesterday with all these stupid ads, I can't wait for the election to be over so I can stop looking at both ads from all these different parties and all these different causes. Can't wait to see that go away. But yeah, I'll never watch a debate. That's the most boring thing ever. I'll watch sports because I'm not a nerd. There. Dude, this tonight way, is must-see TV. But if anyone anyone who watches it is like, you have to do your civic duty, I'll vote, okay? I'm just not watching the debate. Sorry. Yeah. This I'm not taking this two hours is, of my time to listen to these people. Talk. Dude, it is must-see TV. This I'm is sure. like this is like a dude, this is like a Seinfeld episode tonight with yeah. these two guys going at it. Like I just think and I hate that that's what it, what life has come to here in America, that, like, I'm watching this for a comedic component when it's two people in historically should be trying to convey their viewpoints and their sides and what they're running for. But it's just going to be, like, two guys, call, like, making fun of each other the entire night. But, like, I'm here for it. I, 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 that's, that's fine. I would like to hear some type of substance tonight and get a better feel for what these guys actually think versus like what one guy says about the other or what one Twitter account says about the other guy or the dirt they pull up on the guy from 1967 or whenever these guys were born or whatever. Like, it's going to be must-see TV. so old, too. Oh, my God. 
it is. It's definitely going to be like there's going to be a couple moments like, I mean, Trump. Say what you want about him. I'm not. I don't. I don't necessarily support the guy. He ha- he just says some of the most ridiculous things that are just funny. They're funny. Like it, it, like he's an idiot, but like they're funny. So and, and I think Biden. I, if I don't know, I don't know why we're talking politics. Come on, Trent. Why'd you bring this? No, it wasn't. You you were the one that went in. I said it was gonna be funny. It is gonna be. F- yeah, but it's oh, by the way, funny. the South Park, the South Park coronavirus special is coming out tomorrow. You guys got to watch that. It's going to be Absolutely a shot. No shot. South, South Park's jumped the shark. What? Jump the shark. I'm not watching South Park. Dude, just, South Park's funny, dude. South Park's dude, very it's funny. Hysterical. It's yeah, hysterical. but like maybe like ten years ago, it's nah, jump the shark. You're wrong. Whatever. Okay. Question number three. This was just this is just to set a little debate I had with my buddy the other night uh, as we were watching Monday Night Football. Do you trust Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson more to win you a game? Lamar Jackson. Eh, no, I take it back. Deshaun Watson. Even though I like I, – the, I mean, Monday Night Football last night, Kansas City kind of blew the door off, like, the Ravens. Yeah. Like, I get the Rams system that it works. Like, you just run the ball down the throat. They have no plan B, though, if they get behind. So, I, I don't know if they need to switch their offense steam a little bit more. Or I I don't know what they do, but if they they're literally down more than a touchdown, the game is like in complete disarray because they're out of their out of their system. Rabs, I I see this is I I look at this too from a fantasy standpoint. I have Deshaun Watson in one league, and I have Lamar in another, and they both like Lamar's been like eh, Deshaun Watson's been like pretty bad. Here's the thing, Deshaun Watson. The, the first three games the Texans have had to play this year are against, like, incredible teams. So I feel bad because that coach, Bill O'Brien, also stinks for the Texans. So I think as far as if I'm, if I'm putting a guy under center to win a game, I think it's Deshaun Watson because I think he does have legs. He doesn't have legs like Lamar Jackson, but I trust his arm more in his decision-making. I don't want to hop on that train of, like, Lamar Jackson can't throw because he can but he doesn't. They don't make him throw very often because, as Colin said, their bread and butter is just run the ball. And I have Hollywood Brown on my team too for fantasy, and they don't give him the ball ever. So it's tough to see my guy with two catches for thirty-five yards and be like, "Oh yeah, Lamar Jackson's the guy to air it out at the end of the game." I think Deshaun Watson is capable with his legs enough, and he's smart enough, and has the arm talent to do it. His team just stinks because they traded away the best receiver in football, and that coach is an idiot. And they had a really tough schedule. I rest my case. Yeah, very good arguments by both of you. I was on Lamar's side <clears throat> solely because I just – yes, I understand if you're behind, it's a little tough to win games with Lamar, but he's not behind very often. So, whatever. We don't have to get into all that. I just want I would to, rather have Matthew Stafford over both of them. I would, too. I would, too. I just I wanted know, to I completely ask disagree. Him. Let's relax on that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Okay, on, well, well, whatever. That's the trifecta. There you go. Yay. Oh, I, I Sean won a national title. Lamar didn't. Suck it, Lamar. Lamar won a Heisman and an MVP. He played for Louisville. Yeah, I guess. But, hey, d- did he get that ring? He did not. Shout out to Sean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? Any closing remarks here? No, that was a good, solid episode. We got three teams in the midst, too, this week. We haven't done that in a while. Go Pistons. There, we got all four. One pride. Nice. Oh, yeah. By the way, Pistons. Uh, Pistons talk. Lamelo trains in Detroit. Yes, cool. please.
Yeah, pool. Is that he... was her pissing star. Whatever. I don't like his dad. But if he's here, whatever. Okay, <laughs> old man Rivers. Take don't like his dad. <laughs> don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Okay, that is it for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. Uh, for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode of the show. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. New episodes every single week. We will see you next time.